Welcome to Behind the Barriers with me, Joe Whittle, the show that aims to infiltrate silos, create connections and break down the walls we have in our rail industry. I'm here on a journey to talk to people from all different roles so we can learn from each other to change our perspectives and gain an awareness that you are not alone. We all have similarities. We are all, in our own way, striving for the same thing, a safer, better industry for now and for the future. If you're enjoying what you're hearing and would like to subscribe, you can do this over at www.behindthebarriers.co.uk where you can find show notes and links on how to interact with the show and the topics that we're talking about. Any and all feedback is appreciated and it'll help to shape the show as we go forward. Today, I'm joined by Karen Childs. Karen, welcome to the show. So where did it all start in the rail industry for you? So um, I joined the railway back in 1990, um, so 33 years ago. Um, My mother-in-law and my husband-to-be at the time were both on the railway and that's what sort of introduced me um, into the railway. So I I started in British Rail Rail days. Um, So it wasn't something that I'd ever thought about. But obviously, I've been here all these years now, so it's something that I've, I've really enjoyed over the time. Um, I started off working in the regional civil engineer department um, within British Rail. And then as time went on, I sort of like did a few clerical roles and then went into, um, when it became rail track, went into contract management. Um, so to so in those days, to be able to come a manager, you had to have some sort of a manage manager certificate or, or a qualification. So I did a certificate in management, and that enabled me to to be a contracts manager. So I did that for um, a few years, and I was managing. It was called the RT One A contract at the time, so it was the managing the contract that the contractors were working to. So after after I um, after rail track days, I then became a, a maintenance delivery manager, um, predominantly off track. So looking after the off track um, work in the delivery units. I worked in Saltley delivery unit at that time. That was from about the year two thousand, um, and then. I went on to be a maintenance protection coordinator, which I stuck at for quite a long time. It was a job I really enjoyed. It was, um, I'm a bit of a people's person, so it meant that I could talk to people all day long, go out on site, um, liaise with members of the public, um, councils, local authorities, all that sort of thing. Um, and then that was like all fine. It was a local job for when, when my kids were growing up. And then when they'd grown up, I thought, this is my time now. I need to you know, look at something else that I want to do. So that's when I applied for the role in the technical authority, the role I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a big step for me. And at first I was like, well, have I made the right decision? Um, but over time I've learned so much, um, things that I thought I knew, um, and then you go into these different roles and you, you learn lots of more new skills and how to write standards and processes and strategies. So yeah, so that's me now and 33 years later, I'm still here. And you're still enjoying it? Yeah. And clearly the railways has given you a career that's been very varied and you've enjoyed as well, which is great to hear for people starting out in the industry. Now, I'd just like to ask, who's had the most influence on your career? Um, I suppose really my parents, um, they always wanted the best for me. They've always let me make my own way. Um, when I first left school, I worked for my mom and, 
you know, she had her own business and I used to doss about a little bit and she used to sort of tell me off and make sure that I was doing everything right. And when I, when I met my husband, that's when I came to work in, live in Birmingham. So when I left school, I worked in a, in a sewing factory, which was my mom's factory, um, in Halifax, which is where I come from. Um, and then when I met my husband, Darren, um, he, as I say, he worked for the railway and so did his mom. And I moved down to Birmingham to be nearer to him and then got a job on the railway. Um, so yeah, so I think for, as I say, the influences in my life have been my mom and dad because they always supported me, always wanted the best for me. And my dad's just like, my mum's not with us anymore, but my dad, my dad's just like full of life and he's, he's 82 now and you'd think he was still in his fifties basically. And I just think he's, he's got a real way about life and, you know, enjoy every minute and do everything that you want to do. So I think for in life and, and in, you know, personal life and in my work life, he's always supported me. And I think them lessons are really important and they often go unnoticed. Yeah. Because we, we only have one shot at this and we need to make the most of it while we can. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So Karen, if you got the opportunity to work in a different organisation or a different industry, what would that be? So I, as I said earlier, I've always loved, I'm a people's person and I always like to help everybody. Um, if I had the choice to do something different, it would be something working with people like, I don't know, counselling, um, a psychologist, clinical psychologist, anything, just something to work and help with other people. I think that's really interesting as well because, like you say, you're a people's person and it's it's important that we, we understand people as people and that they've got interests other than just railways and things like that. Yeah. And just on that point, what what do people probably most misunderstand about you? Um. I think sometimes because I do help people a lot and because I want to be there for people, people can take advantage of that, of your good nature, I suppose. Um, But then other people respect that and they appreciate it. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one really, isn't it? I I, I like to think I'm a nice person, but I think sometimes people can push you (laughs) to the opposite way and I do... I've always been able to stand up for myself. Going back into the days when I joined the railway, it was very, very male-dominated. Um, so you had to be able to sort of stand up for yourself. You was expected to accept the banter in those days. Um, so I think that that has toughened me up. It's made me who I am today, really. So would you say being a woman in a very heavily male-dominated environment that it was when you started your career was a big challenge for you? Yeah, so I think for me when I when I came into the industry as a 21-year-old woman, um, especially when I wanted to go over to the management side was the times when I, as a contracts manager, had to go out on site a lot. Um, so I, I was often the only female out on site for quite a long time really. The one advantage it does have is even now, um, 30 odd years later, people remember me still because they'll be like, well, I'll say, how, how can you remember me? So, you know, it's been so long and they're like, well, you were the only woman on the railway that was out on site in those days. So I think for me that that was a big challenge. Some people appreciated it. 
Um, some people didn't appreciate it. You know, this is a man's job. What are you doing out here? Sort of thing. So there was a lot of challenges back in those days. And as I said, you had to be up against. There was a lot of sexual harassment going on in those days, and it was just suck it up basically because if you complain about it, people won't like you. And that that has that has that's a true story that has happened to me. Um, there, there was a lot of challenges in those days. I think challenges um, now, I mean, it doesn't happen as much, but I believe it probably still does in, in, in some areas. Um, some of the challenges now are, for me, because so I don't have a degree, um, and I think sometimes if you want to move onwards and upwards, that's a bit of a blocker for me. Um, so it would be a challenge if I wanted to maybe move up um, in roles. Um, you're expected to be chartered, to have all these different degrees and stuff. But yeah, so that that's sort of more of a challenge nowadays, really. So I'm just interested to know, uh, at the start of your career, obviously in the very male-dominated environment, how did you push through that challenge? As I keep saying, I'm a bit of a people's person, so I do like to chat to people. And it's just winning people around and going in there and uh, as a as a as a female a young female manager and not pretending to know everything for me i just was like show me how to do this talk to me about this and the more you talk to people and and you're learning from them as well they they really like that they they enjoy the fact that that you want to learn from them so i've always been that way where i've not gone in and started shouting my mouth off and 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 telling them what to do. It's just about working with people, isn't it? And I think that's how you gain the respect. And I think if you probably speak to people that I used to work with in back in the day that are still around now, they would hopefully say that about me, that that I, I try to work with them and help them. And and even now, really, that's, what, that's why I'm like I am now, where I want to help people all the time, because it's always just been in my nature and people have helped me a lot through my career and, and taught me things. I've learned more from some of the guys on the ground than of any of my senior people through my career. It's it's learning how to build them relationships in, in situations that can be sometimes really uncomfortable. And then people can appreciate that you, you're all here for the same reasons. You're all here to do the best that you possibly can. And then you can use these relationships for the team to perform to the best of its ability. So I just want to ask, what's your biggest achievement or proudest moment that you've had in your career so far? I think one of the the main things for me was getting my certificate in management. It it was quite a while ago. Now, I I never enjoyed school and studying. And that year, it was, I did it at night school. It was, it was through, through the railway. They paid for it for me, but it was quite tough for me because I wouldn't class myself as very academic. Um, so it was quite tough and it took a lot of time. And so when I achieved it and you got a cap and gown at the end of it, so that was really, really good. And again, it made my mom and dad really proud. But yeah, I think for me, that was one of my biggest achievements. And the other one was really getting the job that I'm in now because it was a massive change um, from the work I was doing before. I'd always worked in maintenance, in delivery unit, coming to... Um, a central function where it was all so different. I had a lot of learning to do and I feel like I felt it was at the time was the wrong thing for me, but the more I've stuck at it and the more I feel like I've learned. So that that's like a really sort of big achievement for me as well. 
And that shouldn't be underestimated, that achievement that you've made. Anybody out there that wants to push themselves should do because it can really help you progress as a person and also in your career as well. And I fully, fully recommend that people, if they get the opportunity to, they should try and push themselves outside the comfort zone because you can you can reap the rewards and the benefits are endless. So Karen, clearly you're a career railway person, um, but what does the railway industry mean to you? For me, the rail industry is part of my life. It's It's something that I've done since I've been 21 years old. I've really enjoyed my time. It's gone so quick. Um, I'm from a railway family. So as I say, my mother-in-law was worked for the railway. She started in the steam days um, down at Salt Lake. My husband's a train driver. My son works for Network Rail. He's a a, a principal technical officer in a a delivery unit. My daughter works for the railway and my brother works for the railway. He's a mobile operations manager for for Network Rail. So we're from a railway family. It gets in your blood, doesn't it? It's um, just it means a lot to me it's it's given me my life really but yeah I, I still enjoy working for the railway and you're right I think for me as well the railway industry it is it's a big family um a somewhat dysfunctional family at times but it is a family and don't get me wrong we, we have our moments sometimes but hey who doesn't so what barriers do you see that we have in the industry at the minute have things moved on and changed since the ones that you mentioned before I think I think that it it's moved on, but I, I think there still are barriers there. Um, I I still think we we need to attract more women into the industry, especially into engineering roles. Um, there just there just isn't enough really, and it, and even like um, going to other parts of the railway business, like with train drivers and things like that. If you if you look at the percentage of women that are doing those types of roles. So I think, you know, it needs to become more attractive for for introduce for getting young women in and, you know, women in general. I think that's an interesting point, but how do you think we could attract more women into the industry? So I know that this um this thing's going on isn't there where we go out to schools and colleges to attract more people in. It's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because it, I suppose it is still seen as a male thing, you know, it's still seen as that. But, I mean, for me, it's just going out and doing more more around apprenticeships and, and graduates and, and actually keeping them in the business as well. So don't just come in and learn a few things and then leave. We need to be keeping them, don't we? So I'm just trying to think really around my daughter and she, she works for the rail industry what attracted her to it was was lot working as a family thing um a lot a, a lot of families still do work within the rail industry don't they together and and things and and I you know it used to be seen as a bit of a bad thing but I don't think it is a bad thing because we should be introducing our children and and things into this industry we, they they see us enjoying it and how important it was is to us so why not but it's just about talking about it isn't it it's about going into school still and going into colleges and just telling people how how interesting it is and how good it is i think you're right it is about getting out there a bit more and speaking to to people and making them aware that the railway isn't just a male-dominated industry yeah it has got great career prospects for anybody who wants to join it yeah so do you think that's something we need to do around the culture of of our business or is it something else and do we have a good culture? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's always ways to move on, isn't there? But I think the diversity and inclusion culture, which has been more in the last few years, hasn't it? And and teaching people about how to be diverse and 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 inclusive, and so I think I think that's really really good. And we just need to carry on with that and not forget about it because it seems to be a theme, and then maybe doesn't get talked about for a while. So it's definitely something that should always be there for people to to see i think like i've just said there's things that still probably we could change and still could improve like i've said about the way that women are introduced um, and age as well so i think you you feel like sometimes you get into a, a stage where you might be past your sell by date really but i think it's when you've been on the railway for a long time that knowledge doesn't go away and that experience. I know that we have to have people that, that have been through education and things, but sometimes we've got people that know so much and it's about protecting that and it's about keeping that knowledge and that experience and it's about training new people. So when you get new people in, making sure that they they are learning these skills and experience. I think you're right. We've got to get that balance between attracting people straight from academia and also blending that with the people that we've got in the industry with the experience and the knowledge that they've developed over years working here and at the same time creating that culture of of, of learning and, and picking up the new skills that fresh people into the industry will bring with them. Now I just want to ask you a question that people probably think about quite a lot but uh, never really articulate it. Uh, being within the TA in Network Rail why is your role important? So I think my role is important um, because as a technical lead, you're there to help other people, you're there to give guidance, we're there to make sure that the standards are written in a way that people can work to them, can understand them. Um, and just as a, as a for, for off-track in particular, as it's always been, and I've worked in off-track for a long time, it's always been seen as the poor cousin and I think for us to promote off track and to make it more professional and to make people aware of what we actually do, um, I feel like in our team that's something that we can really do um, and making sure that we're there for the off track community. And I think working in our team and, and working with Mona, Mona's done such a lot really for for professionalising off track, um, the conferences, all the the sort of new systems we're bringing in. So I think we do a really important job to make sure that we're there as a as a figurehead, really, isn't it, for off track? And I suppose because you've come from the DUs, you can see their perspectives on things, so that will inform your decisions going forward because you'll know the impact it'll have for them. So yeah, working in the delivery units, even like with funding and budgets and things like that, it was always what was ever left over really to get work done. Um, but I think it, it is good, you know, if you've come through the different the different sort of routes in within Network Rail. You know, I've, I've worked like you say right at the the coal face and been involved in lots of different things through my career. So I feel like I know what is needed, and I think that. We, because we have the opportunity to put forward things that we know is needed at, at delivery units and routes, it, it just makes it really important. So, I just want to ask your opinion on something regarding importance. Uh, what's the most important lesson that you've learned in your career that you think everybody could do with learning at some point? 
I think to listen, to listen to people. The people that are out there have got so much to give and I think sometimes we don't listen to what they've got to say. We just assume what they might want. But I just think to listen to people and I think going back into my earlier career, people didn't listen. You know, they didn't listen to me because A, I was a woman and B, I was young and probably classed as a bit wet behind the ears, but people didn't want to listen to your ideas. And I think it's really important. And we've got some really good people out there that want to tell us how new things to, to new ways of working. So yeah, I think just listening. So we just spoke about listening being important to you. Um, can I ask, what do you consider to be fundamental values that you believe we need when you think about the kind of industry you want us to be? I think honesty is is a real key value. I think we need to be honest about everything that we do. We need to be open. So do you think we need to be more open and honest, not just with professional issues that we have, but with personal issues that might be affecting us as well? It's like with the menopause, it's like a real big issue. And I think the more and more people know about it and understand it, and that's like a barrier for me. I think people I've always seen it's a bit of a joke or you're going through the change and that, but it's a it's a massive life change for, for women. I think people it's a bit of a taboo subject, isn't it? It's a bit like periods and things like that. People don't necessarily want to talk about it. For me, I like to talk about it because I think it need it's it's a subject that affects everybody because it doesn't just affect you, it affects your colleagues, it affects your partners, it affects your line managers. Because you, you're going through a, a change in your life that really affects some people. Some women go through it and they sail through it and they don't have any symptoms. I, on the other hand, have had lots of symptoms and things like that people don't understand. Brain fog, you can be talking about summer and you just forget what you're going to say. And it's it's really embarrassing. But I think if people understood that that's one of the symptoms of menopause, they might be a bit more patient with you because I think it's not something that not everybody would talk about I just I honestly just think it's it's really really important and for women that are going through it they don't want to talk about it but they they need to sometimes probably feel the need to reach out all women are going to go through it at some stage in the you know in their lives some younger than others but it's just it's a real it's quite a traumatic experience to have to go through and do you think we support people going through the menopause enough? Um, probably not. There's a menopause policy. Um, I think that I've got friends in other industries that um, they deal with it better, where they talk about it more. There's more training. There's training for, for men to go on to, and, and they're like, they have these things that make them hot and then they experience what a hot flush is like. It's something that you never think is going to happen to you. You think, oh, I'm, I'll be fine. But then when it hits, and it's not just about hot sweats, it's about aching joints, it's about anxiety. So you get mental health issues where you're anxious. I've never su- suffered with anxiety in my life until I hit the menopause. And you don't, you really don't know what's hit you. It's, it's quite scary. The way that you behave can be quite weird as well and you know shouting at people and not having patience whereas I'm like I said to you I'm a people's person so I've always had time for other people but it just puts you on the back burner a little bit where you don't really know what's happening to you 
but it's just like things like education I think and talking about it more and and just understanding what people are going through and what helps out there for them and make it not a taboo subject and I think you're right it definitely needs highlighting because these are massive issues that members of our industry are going through that go under the radar and go unnoticed and you're right there is a there is a taboo about the the topic and that needs to be stripped away and I think like you said by being more open and honest with each other uh, we can try and help alleviate that I just want to move on now to ask you Karen what what drives you what gets you up in the morning what makes you want to go to work people like I say it's all it'll always be the forefront for me is helping people and talking to people and I think for me the thing that drives me is is helping others um you know and if and it makes you feel good about yourself as well if you've been able to help somebody with with something that they're stuck with or introduce something new that they've asked for I just think it's just really important and it does that's what drives me so is that your favorite part of the job yeah so if I could go and sit in delivery units and routes every single day and talk to them and help them, that would make me happy. So what do you believe makes for a successful career in the rail industry? So every day is a school day. It's all about learning. And to, I, I, the one thing that I do is I take as many courses as I can. So every course opportunity or training that's that's offered, I, I take, take it on. It's just about learning and seeing how things evolve and, and change over the years. So, yeah, I, I just think it is it is an ever-moving beast, isn't it, really? So it's just always about the learning and the training. And I think that's important for our people as well. It's, it's one of the key things for me that, you know, to keep them up with the, the changes that are happening, really. Yeah, and I think training and development's really important to keep people fresh and keep people engaged. Um, also, what... What are the personal values and rules that you've developed for yourself throughout your career? So I think for me, um, it's about dedication. Um, it's about timekeeping. It's about time management. It's about behaviours. If you're kind to people, chances are they're going to be kind back to you. And and it's and, and again, going back to listening, listening to people, try not to talk over them when they're talking and when you're in a meeting I think it, it has been a bit harder with working on teams because sometimes you're not sure when you've not got like that face-to-face and you're not sure if somebody's finished talking or something but I just think it's it's about being polite and I think you're right after Covid um, the new hybrid way of working that we've got into it definitely has changed things for the future and just speaking about the future what do you see is the vision for the future of the railways? For me, to make it as safe as it can be for our workforce, um, I think there's still a lot to do. I would just like in the future to not have anybody injured. It's just about making sure that we've got an industry where everybody feels safe and that we're still making sure that the trains can run so that people can use the you know train travel because... I, I've started using trains more and more now and it's a good way to get about, isn't it? So we just need to make sure that that's always there for people. We definitely do. And I just want to just want to ask now, Karen, what, what have you got coming up in the pipeline that people might be interested to learn about? 
so the next thing for me uh, at the minute, I'm working on a new standard, um, and that's a standard for the asset management of access. Used to be called Access Points, but we're going to be calling them Access Facilities going forward. That is going to be published in September. At the minute, there isn't a standard for access facilities, um, so it'll be something that'll give guidance to people going forward. I think people just manage them in their own way at the minute, so there'll be like one way of working, hopefully. And obviously, over time, it's gonna it'll be added to and it'll be changed. It's a, it's going to be a new a new version, you know, that people are, are not used to. So, as always, we standards will do a post implementation review. So if people think there's stuff missing from it or things that need taken out of it we can look at all that so yeah so that that's what i'm going to be working on for the near future so obviously you talked about the post-implementation review period and stuff like that but how could people reach out to you to to get involved and help with some of the things that you're working on yeah so people can just email me pick up a phone and if people have got things that they think that we need to learn as a technical authority to help other people, then, you know, bring it on, just just let us know and then we can look at it. We're always looking at new products and things like that, but people probably don't know where to go with these new things. So that's what we're here for. If you've got something that you want to introduce into the railway that's in the world of off-track, come and talk to our team. That's brilliant. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've really appreciated it. And also thank you for being open and honest with the conversations that we've had. And as always, if you've enjoyed the show and want to learn more about the topics raised, head over to the show's website at www.behindthebarriers.co.uk where you'll find the show notes and also ways to interact. Thanks very much for listening. And please remember that relationship is the foundation of accomplishment. So get out there with your teams and make those connections. And I hope you'll join me again on another episode of Behind the Barriers.